welcome to the Joy for Ministry podcast. My name is Joy, and today I get to interview my dear friend, Amy James. I'm so glad that you can be here and listen for this. I know you will be blessed. Hi, Amy. Hi, Joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited that you um, agreed to come on this podcast because you have been somebody who has been such an influence in my life, such a great friend. Um, and a wealth of wisdom and encouragement. (laughs) So thank you. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, love you and just excited for for this ministry that you have. I'm excited to be a part of it. So uh, my name is Amy James. I live in North Jersey, and my husband, Jason, and I are campus pastors of a church in the town that we live in. Our our church has five different campuses. uh, So we are the campus pastors for one of those locations. And um, I have two children, Sarah, who is 19, and Brayden, who is 12. And my husband and I have been married for 26 years now. And I just turned 50 this year. That's impossible. (laughs) Lots of milestones happening in my life. Yes. So, yes. And I was at your 50th birthday party, which just was about what, 10 women who just loved Mm -hmm. on you and everyone went around and spoke such amazing things over you. It was, it was really beautiful experience. Mm, And I, it it was great for me. Yeah. That's awesome. And Jason and I, you know, have just, my husband's Jason, your husband's Jason, but we have just had the privilege to do ministry with you guys. And we attended your church for a while as well. Um, So that has been so fun. So we're going to jump right in. So how long have you been a pastor's wife? So I uh, became a, uh, a pastor's wife in 2009. However, I was a pastor's kid growing up for about 14, 14 years um, growing up uh, in between, you know, the time I was born till the time I went off to college. There was a few years my dad wasn't pastoring, but I would say I was a pastor's kid, you know. Okay. Um, so I had some experience just just being in a pastoral home and what ministry looked like. Um, but after Jason and I got married, um, we both had just, um, you know, regular jobs. And then we moved to New Jersey in 1996 and then, um, just kind of things started transpiring. We were just volunteers at church and just helped and served however, um, was needed. And then in 2009, um, we went on staff. Wow. And now Jason was a pastor's kid too, right? Yes. Yeah. His, his parents, um, are, were at the time the lead pastors of the church that we're a part of. His brother is a pastor there who is now the lead pastor. His parents have moved on to another position. His brother is now the lead pastor. So it's kind of been a family, family, um, ministry. That's awesome. So did you, so being a pastor's kid, did that prepare you or did that influence you at all 
when you and Jason talked about going into ministry and stepped into that role? So being a pastor's kid, um, uh, my family, uh, we had good time, uh, you know, good ministry opportunities and some really hard ones. Um, so actually when I first met Jason, he told me that he was interested in going to the ministry. And I said to him, I never want to be a pastor's wife. (laughs) So that kind of took him off guard, but, um, I love how the Lord knows exactly what we need in our life to bring us to a place of healing because I was really struggling with some things in ministry And so then when I met Jason's family, um, they had had really um, positive experiences in ministry. And so I was able to learn a lot from them even before we became pastors, um, just being with them, seeing how they do ministry, being a part of their church, which is to me such a healthy church. Um, so it really helped, um, heal me from some of those things maybe I experienced as a pastor's kid. Right. And probably gave you such a different perspective than maybe you were used to growing up. It's a different view of what ministry could be. Mm -hmm. It definitely did. I think that's such a unique story for you and Jason, because you saying that to Jason, he could have been like, well, I feel like this is my, this is what I want to do with my life. So, you know, I can't marry you, but he didn't do that. I think that's such, you guys have such a unique story and message for other people, you know, people going into ministry for the young people that are getting married and going into ministry. Um, I think that's incredibly special that you can say that to him. And he was like, you know, I'm sure he knew that healing would be in your story you know, and it didn't phase him. Yeah. I'm so grateful too. Why, why (laughs) that didn't throw him off the track, but he's a pretty laid back. He really is. (laughs) He, he doesn't let like comments like that really shake him. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, if there was other aspects of about me that he was like, okay, well, let's, let's keep going up after this and see where it takes us. Yeah. Um, but really he, he has been such, um, an important part of healing in my life and has just cheered me on and supported me in so many different ways that I, I know that God has used him, you know, mm-hmm. to bring me to a place of, um, healing, even just in ministry. So, so we touched on this a little bit, but, um, did you feel prepared to step into the role as pastor's wife when the time came? I think I, I did, um, outwardly, I feel like I did. I mean, we did a lot of serving. I knew a lot of the people, which was such I mean, the fact that we became pastors at a church that we were already attending, um, that I think is a big deal because a lot of times when you become a pastor's wife, maybe you're starting off at a brand new church. Uh, Whereas I already knew the people, I knew how the ministry worked. I obviously knew the lead pastors, they were my in-laws. So lots of relationships were already there. 
Um, but I think over the years, the Lord has, I, I don't know that I was um, deep down inwardly prepared. Okay. I think I knew what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew how to pray for people. I knew how to minister. I knew how to serve, but there were some things like deep within that the Lord really began to minister Mm -hmm. to me as far as what really ministry is about. Mm -hmm. Um, not just serving people, but serving him. So, right. I think it's been unfolding. It's been a process. Yeah. So what were some of the early struggles that you faced and how did they affect your life and ministry at the time? So this kind of goes along with your, your last question is, is I knew what to do outwardly, but I think inwardly, I didn't know if I felt qualified or if I was enough because of probably my past. Um, my struggles, uh, my fears. And so I think that's, and it continues to be, but praise God, like for his continued healing and his continued love and patience with me, but like the qualification, like, Mm. um, am I qualified? Am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I being the pastor's wife, you know? that this church, this campus needs. Because you went from being a, really a very involved volunteer um, lay person to a pastor's wife. So that is a jump in, um, in many things, but how you, how you feel like you should be and what you think about yourself. Um, Can you like lean into that a little bit? What was that? Did you feel like that was a drastic jump of Hey, I'm, we're volunteers to, okay, we're pastors. And, um, and is that something that you felt like, okay, I'm qualified to be a volunteer, but I'm not qualified to be a pastor's wife. Was that <laughs> a jump for you? Well, I mean, a couple of things. I also have a unique situation in that I am a part of the family who is the lead pastors, which I think, you know, I think, Uh, people, when you are a pastor or a pastor's wife, I feel like we are looked differently upon. We are held to a higher standard because of our, you know, title. And so I think it was this constant question, like, okay, am I being who people think I should be? Am I, do I have the right words to say? Do I, you know, and, and people would be like, we'd be in Bible study and people would look to me for answers. And right. You know, I'm just like, I'm just one of you too. I'm just, I'm continuing to learn. I don't have a, a seminary degree. You know, I'm, I don't know theology, you know, so I'm just an everyday person too. However, the Lord has given me this position, you know, for whatever reason that I want to honor him, you know, but at the same time having these questions, like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. And, um, 
you know, I think that's a challenging thing from, from other pastors, wives, even on our team that we've talked to, like they, they look at me and think, wow, you have it all together. Like I really look up to you. And they're like, I just don't feel qualified. And I'm like, I feel the same way that you do, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. You know, I mean, I do have moments, obviously I'm not constantly thinking, am I qualified to do this? I'm not, that's not constantly running through my mind, but I think it's a deep question sometimes. Right. That sure. I'm asking myself. Yeah. And I, and we touched on the next question was something you hear from other pastors, wives that they struggle with. And what I love about that is that it's the same thing that, you, like you said, that you struggled with and they, I am sure think that they are alone in that struggle when you said, I'm right there with you. And I think sometimes that's what can be isolating about ministries. We, we think we're alone. We don't, we don't know that the person sitting next to us, that may be pastor's wife for 10 years, 20 years is struggling with the same thing or has struggled with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I love your ministry and this opportunity for other pastor's wives and, and women leaders to hear from one another, um, whether it's through your blog or through this podcast or you speaking. I, I just think, you know, as I was thinking about talking with you, like, do pastor's wives really talk to one another and are they really honest with one right. another? Because I think we all feel like, okay, I've got to, I've, I've got to be that person. I've got to have the answers. I've got to know what to do. Um, and you know, in society, we want people to look at us a certain way, right? You know? And so I think I love that you're opening up the conversation. Um, you know, even within our team, um, we, we do, have conversations. You know, there's girls on the team that we do share. So I'm thankful for that. I'm Mm. thankful for those relationships that we're able to be honest and say, you know, in times, maybe there's something particular we've been asked to do. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. You know, like, (laughs) um, can you help me out here? Or I'm struggling with this and we're able to just support one another. So, and I love that you have that culture that you've, you're developing that culture at your church where, you know, the women, whether it's pastor's wife or a woman on staff, um, I know that you have women pastors there that you're making it so that it's this healthy place of, you know, you can talk about your struggles. And I love that because that's not always the case. You know, like you said, right. you, you don't know you can talk about them. You don't know that it's okay to be vulnerable or to be, to mess up or to not have all the answers. Um, so I think that's something that's so amazing, a culture that you're setting there. Um, that trickles mm. down. So I, and you know, that, that is my hope with this ministry is I certainly don't have all the answers and you have been through things that I haven't. So giving women a voice to speak into other women's lives is priceless. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you could go back, here's my favorite question. I always say this is my favorite question because <laughs> everybody's for the most part is a little bit different. Um, but if you could go back and tell yourself three things when you started out in ministry, what would they be? Well, I, um, 
I love Matthew 22, 37 through 39, where it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Mm. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I know this might sound so simple, but I would probably tell myself, love God, love yourself and love others. Mm. And, you know, we've got to keep the focus of loving God. Like this is about him. It's not about me. It's not necessarily about the people in church. I mean, even though it is, that's part of my responsibilities is to lead and shepherd them along with my husband. But the first and foremost, the whole reason, the whole foundation of it is God. Yes. And so if I'm not in love with him, then I'm going to struggle with serving others. Mm. If I don't love myself and who I am, then I'm going to struggle, you know, with my responsibility and who he's called me to be. Mm. And so then as I love myself, I'm loving others. I'm able to love as I love God, as I love myself, then I'm able to love others and to lead and shepherd them and care for them. You know, that's so, so good. I love how you break it down so simply and so profoundly but at times that can be so hard to do. And getting yeah. that reminder yeah. <laughs> is so important. Yeah. I think one of the very first things that was very clear to me about you as a friend and as a person was that you did this. And you may not mm -hmm. see it. I remember when you and Jason um, be, went on staff at the church when you guys became pastors. I remember... I didn't know Jason very well, your husband, but I knew I, it was when I had started to get to know you more and more. And I remember saying to my husband, I don't, I'm, I know they'll be great because if, if Jason is even a tiny bit like Amy, they've got it. They've got mm -hmm. it because the thing that was so evident to me about you was no, you didn't have all the answers. You didn't have it all together, but your seeking God first was evident to me and inspired me. Um, and I think I said this at your 50th birthday party, you're a pursuer. You are a pursuer of people, of relationship, first and foremost of God. You would, you always would talk to me about, okay, my, you know, in the morning, you know, I was reading my Bible and doing my devotions. And, and to me, that was so clear from the very start. What inspired me most about you was that you sought God, that you seek God. Mm. And that was the thing I was like, I want that. I want that <laughs> in my life. I want that for my pastor's wife. Um, I want that for my pastor. And so mm. I remember clearly saying that to Jason, like to my husband, they're going to be good. I don't know Jason very well. I, what I know of him, I love him, but I know Amy and she's a, a seeker of God. So we're all good. Mm. Well, thank you. I think, and I continue to tell myself this because I don't do this uh, 100% of the time. I, I, I struggle at times. I get distracted and allow things, life to just come in. But one of the most important things is that my relationship with the Lord has to be number one. 
it has to be because how can I minister? How can I lead or pastor? How can I even be a wife or a mother or a friend? How can I know what to do if I'm not allowing the Lord to show me? And so, um, one of a, a key word in my life the last couple of years has been um, abiding mm. and John 15. And I just love John 15 and how the Lord says, just abide in me. Like mm. I want you to abide in me and I will abide in you. Mm. And from that abiding, his fruit will be bared in my life. Yes. And if I am not aligned with him and who he is, then what am I aligned with? Right. And in order to, <laughs> I mean, ministry can be hard. It's, it can be amazing, but it can also be very hard. And so if I am not aligned with him and you know, I think about Jesus in the garden, he was like, Lord, this, this is overwhelming, but not my will, your will be done. Mm. And so he, he, he knew he had to go to the father. He knew he had to pray. He knew he had to submit himself under the will of God. And so if we are not doing that, if we are not spending our time with the Lord, if we are not seeking him, mm. then what are we seeking? Yeah. And what are we going to, right. um, and seeking him so having, above our ministry. Yes. Seeking him. Yeah. I think that's too sometimes where I can get tripped up is you think, but I'm, I'm doing good things. I'm doing ministry. I'm doing, but yeah. when your ministry comes before you're seeking God, it's out of, it's out of balance. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. I love that. So what is the most common advice that you give to another pastor's wife? Well, I think it stems from what I just shared is that if you are not having your quiet time in some way, shape or form, um, then you're missing out on um, being receiving from the Lord. Um, there's many ways that you can receive from the Lord. You know, there's many ways that you can spend time with him. You know, whether it's physically you're sitting down at a table opening, reading the word, you're worshiping, you're out, you know, in nature. Um, I, I don't want to pinpoint like it's got to be a certain way because everybody's unique. But there's got to be uh, some point in your day where you're just quieting yourself mm. and you're listening to what the father wants to speak to you. Because mm. a lot of times I can go in and I can do all the speaking and I'm not listening. I'm not receiving from him. I'm just pouring everything out, yeah. which is good. There, those are times we need those, but we also need to be poured into. Right. And so that's, that's one thing. Um, I'm just encourage friends and others you know, in ministry, like you have to be spending time with the Lord mm. because how else are you hearing from him? Right. Everything else flows out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. What has been rewarding about being in ministry? 
I think for me, um, my story has really been something that God has said he wants to use, um, which is really hard for me because I, um, I don't, it's not that I don't like my story. I just wish my story, Mm. I I always say was better, Mm. you know, but God's like, no, this is your Mm. story. And I want to use it to minister to people and out of your imperfection, out of your weaknesses, out of your struggles, like Mm. I'm bringing beautiful things. And so seeing that actually happen in the last number of years, I've, my, my sight on that has shifted so that the more I'm sharing my story, the more I'm loving it Mm. because it's God's story. It's what he's written for me. And what's so rewarding is to see it minister to people. When I thought I need to hide this, I need Mm. to, almost be ashamed of it. You know, like I should have been better. And God's like, no, no, Mm. you know, there is no shame or condemnation in who you are, but I'm going to redeem. I want you to use that. I'm going to redeem it. And I'm going to bring beauty from ashes. And so that has been so rewarding, you know, for me in the last number of years to see how God uses it you know, in our ministry. So that's so good. And I love the word that you used redeem. And it's like, you're saying to other women who may feel shame about their past, like, look what God can do here. I am a pastor's wife who seeks the Lord more than anything. He's using my story to help others. And so it's such an amazing message for other women in ministry, just for other women in general. And I, I love that. I love that you could have let that stop you or make you freeze or make you think you are less than, but you're taking something of your struggles. And, and when you let the Lord use that, look what he can do. And I think that's such a great message to other women in ministry. Yeah, I I just, the whole concept of our stories is really huge for me because each of us has a story. And just even thinking about, I was listening to one of your podcasts yesterday and listening to her and just thinking there's different things about us, Mm. but it's her story. And I love that I can even in our differences, I can glean from her story. I can Mm. learn from it. And so I love sitting down and like hearing just people's stories. Like, you know, where, where have you been? You know, how did you meet God? Like, what is God doing in your life Mm. now? Like, I just love sitting down with a group of women and just hearing like, what is God doing in your life? I'm, I'm like, if you sit down with me, I'm more of a depth person. And Um, I just love hearing the deep places that God is working in our lives. I love hearing about how God uses our story, um, 
to make himself known to mm. others. And so just encouraging women, like share your story. It, yeah. it, it may, our stories are not final right now. Like they mm. are ever evolving, you know? So even mine, like if I could look back five years ago, I'm in a different place than I was five years ago. Mm. You know, I appreciate my story. It's, it's, there's avenues and, and, um, bends in the road of it that I'm still struggling with, but God is like continuing to show me like the beauty of it. And so I just love the whole idea of our stories and really owning them Mm. and allowing God to shine his light on them. Yeah. Because what the enemy wants to do is keep us quiet, you know, and ashamed when our stories are powerful, really powerful. Yeah. I was listening to a song yesterday, The Father's House by Corey Asbury, I think it is. Mm. And there's a line in it that I just kept sticking with me. It says, leave your shame at the door. Mm. It's not welcome anymore. And it's like the father saying like, your shame, it's not welcome here. Because with me, there's no shame. Like, I love you just for who you are. Mm. And so just even speaking to myself, leave Amy, leave your shame at the door. Like, Mm. don't, don't take that on. Don't carry that on your back or on your shoulders. It's not welcome in the father's house. Amen. You know, freedom, um, from that is welcome. Mm. So just walking, uh, free of that shame. That's so powerful. So you do so much caring for other people. What are some ways that you get fed and that you care for yourself so that you can pour out? Well, I honestly, I love having conversations with my close girlfriends (laughs) and I have a, a group of those girls that I just love just sharing life with. And it might, this might sound strange, but talking about my feelings, talking about my struggles, like releasing those like fills me up Mm. (laughs) in a sense, because it's like, I'm releasing them. I'm sharing them with those who know me best. You know, many times they're encouraging me or praying for me. And that's so fulfilling for me. Um, But even just even other practical ways, worshiping, listening to podcasts, um, I love to exercise and walk like those are just, uh, life giving, you Mm. know, to me. Mm. That's so good. Thank you so much, Amy. I, I think that just your encouragement today, your wisdom, I know it has ministered greatly to me in the past. And even right now what you're saying is just ministering to my heart. And I know it's going to really speak to other women. And so you taking the time to come on here and share just about yourself, um, I think will be so life-giving to other women. So thank you so much. I would love to have you back for a, maybe a topic we can discuss in ministry. I think your love of ministry, your love of the Lord just shines in, in all that you do. So I would love to have you back. 
Well, I would love to be back. Thanks so much for having me and just giving me an opportunity to share and just excited for, for you and for this ministry and just even to be a part of it and just hear from other other uh, women pastors and leaders uh, and wives. Uh, just excited for what's ahead for you. Thank you so much. I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Amy as much as I did. Make sure that you share us, rate us, subscribe, Spotify, and iTunes. Check out our website, joyforministry.com. We want to pray for you and support you. And tune in next week. I get to interview Jen Howitt. This is part one of a two-part series. You will not want to miss it. Jen has a heart for women in ministry. And she is going to give us some, not only backstory of her life, but just some amazing and encouraging words. Talk to you next week.